Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This episode of Gators Breakdown is brought to you by MyBookie. Use promo code Gators on a deposit of $500 or more, and you can claim a bonus of up to $200. Visit mybookie.ag for more details. This episode of Gators Breakdown is also brought to you by Shark Coatings. Get a different kind of gift this holiday season. Visit sharkfloorcoatings.com when you need professional floor coating services done right the first time. Want more Gators Breakdown? Join Gators Breakdown Plus. Starting at $3 a month, get access to unique episodes, plus a blog, chat room, giveaways, shout-outs, and more. Gators Breakdown Plus is furthering the interaction with fans and listeners like you. Head to gatorsbreakdown.supportingcast.fm to join Gators Breakdown Plus today. Gators Breakdown. Because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. The Gators Breakdown Podcast is ready to go. I'm your host, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. Coming at you right here with the Las Vegas Bowl preview. Gators versus Beavers, Florida versus Oregon State in Las Vegas on Saturday. Kind of just got that normal game feeling on a Saturday uh, right here and. As we know, this Gators roster has taken a hit in the last few weeks, uh, so we'll see who suits up for the Gators. We've got some inclination, some word of who some players that are going to play and not play, but not the full uh, list as I'm recording this. So a little bit may change. I don't know how much is really going to change uh, you know, some of the outcome or not, but uh, of course, you know, there is some question of who's going to suit up there uh, for the Gators when they take on Oregon State. We do know quarterback Anthony Richardson declared for the draft. Will not play in this bowl game. Jack Miller takes over at the quarterback position. So our first big look at Jack Miller in a real game setting, of course. We got to see him back in the spring. But he's going to take the reins at quarterback for the Gators in this game. Of course, that's the headline uh, to take away uh, heading into this game uh, for the Gators. So a big, big change uh, for this offense heading into this bowl game versus Oregon State. But plenty to look at uh, in this game. Oregon State season so far, uh, their offense, their defense, uh, and how Florida matches up, what Florida can do. And then I'll give my prediction there at the uh, at the end of the game or at the end of the episode here um, as we get ready for this game on Saturday. Reminder, the game is at 2.30 p.m. Remember, when it was first announced, it was going to be a Saturday night game. Uh, here on December 17th, but the game was pushed up to 2.30. So Florida, Oregon State, this Saturday at 2.30. 
not a night game anymore. <laughs> so everywhere you look now, you're going to see uh, the updated time. So I don't even know if some of you knew it was originally a night game or remember that. We did update you uh, when that came out. But the uh, the Raiders have a game on Sunday that was pushed up. So now uh, they pushed this game up. But uh, there we go. Florida, Oregon State, 230 on Saturday. So everybody hit that like button, hit that subscribe button if you're watching this live on YouTube, getting this preview here of Florida and Oregon State. Subscribe if you haven't done so yet. When these episodes drop, you'll get that notification. If you hit that bell, get those notifications, you'll know when Gators Breakdown goes live. Or if you're watching the replay, thank you so much. Like, subscribe there as well. Check us out at Gators Breakdown Plus. Link is in the description there. All that conversation going on. I know recruiting the hot topic right now and a very emotional <laughs> topic right now uh, for these Gators as signing day uh, approaches next week. We've got plenty of time to get into that over the next week. Bowl game preview right here. But of course, if you want to talk recruiting, you want to talk this bowl game on Saturday, you get a link to the uh, Discord on Gators Breakdown Plus by signing up. You'll get that welcome email. That Discord link is in there. And you can keep the conversation going. Talking football all day, every day. A lot of other topics as well right there on the Gators Breakdown Plus Discord. Like As I said, Gators Breakdown Plus link is in the description. So, all right, here we go. Let's take a look at Oregon State. And I did this back when the game was announced. But one more time, let's go through their season results. Good season for the Beavers. Nine and three season. Opened up the season. Three straight wins. That season opener versus Boise State, 34-17. Good win. Good win there for Oregon State. Fresno State, 35-32. Victory for the Beavers. Then Montana State, a 68-28 victory there. Then back-to-back losses for Oregon State against the Pac-12 representatives for the Pac-12 championship game. They lost 17-14 versus USC, giving them their toughest game up until Utah beat USC twice. Um... But USC escapes 17-14 versus Oregon State, giving Oregon State their first loss of the season. And then Utah blows them out 42-16. We'll get into it. That's where a quarterback change uh, happens there for Oregon State. Goldbrinson comes in for Oregon State and then, you know, basically uh, leads them the rest of the way. And you see the rest of the way right here. If you're watching on YouTube, I'll go through it there. First start, 28-27 victory. For Goldberton over Stanford. They win three more after they lost two straight to USC and Utah. They beat Stanford. They beat Washington State. They beat Colorado. They beat Washington one more time. They beat Stanford 28-27. Beat Washington State 24-10. And then beat Colorado 42-9 before they lose their third and last game of the season. Their last loss to Washington 24-21. That puts them at 6-3 and three on the season. And then they end the season... With three straight wins, 38-10 versus Cal, 31-7 versus Arizona State, and then in comeback fashion versus Oregon, 38-34. Oregon was top 10 at the time, number 9. Oregon State storms back, wins that game, 38-34, to finish the season 9-3, beating their rivals to end the regular season. The Beavers have won nine games for the first time since 2012, and they're looking for their 10th win for just a third time in school history. Hopefully, we're, we, we hope our Gators are not that 10, 10th win <laughs> for the third time in school history uh, right here in this Las Vegas Bowl. And looking at that, 
Oregon State is 2-11-1 all-time against current members of the SEC. The matchup is the first between the Beavers and an active member of the SEC since visiting LSU in 2004. They have two wins against Missouri, which was a member of the Big 12 at the time when Oregon State last won a 39-38 matchup in the 2006 Sun Bowl. So they got two versus active members in the SEC. But the two wins come against Missouri when Missouri was not in the SEC. So no wins versus teams when they were in the SEC. Looking for their first SEC win, Saturday versus Florida. Now let's take a look at how these teams compare stat-wise. little stat comparison here between the Gators and the Beavers. Total offense, Gators get the edge there over Oregon State. 32nd in the country for the Gators, 7th in the SEC. Gators gaining 441.2 yards this season. Oregon State, 59th in the country. They're 7th in the Pac-12 at 399.6, basically 400 yards a game. So the Gators at 441, Oregon State at 400. Scoring offense. Not much separates the teams there. Oregon State, just a hair in front of Florida. They're 37th in the country. Florida's 43rd in the country. Oregon State, 32.4 points per game. Florida, 31.8. So both around that 32 mark. Rushing offense, edge to the Gators. Oregon State, nothing to uh, scoff at, though. Gators, 15th in the country. Third in the SEC, 213 yards. Points, 213.7 yards a game. Oregon State, 27th in the country. I mentioned Florida was 15th. Oregon State, 199.2 per game. Now, Florida's rushing offense is going to look a lot different with Anthony Richardson not playing quarterback here for the Gators. Uh, passing offense, believe it or not, Gators holding edge here. 69th in the country, 220, 227.5 yards a game. Through the air, Oregon State, 103rd in the country, 200 yards a game, 200.4. Gators at 227.5. Touchdown to interception ratio, Gators hold an edge here. Tied for 68th in the country. The touchdown to interception ratio is at 2. 18 touchdowns, 9 interceptions. Oregon State, not good here. 112th in the country in touchdown to interception ratio. 15 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. Total defense, run away for Oregon State. Run, you'll get into some more stats, especially what they've done in the second half of the season. But by far and away, and this would be a lot of this would be the case for a lot of teams Florida would play in a bowl game, but far and away, the better defense. But this is a pretty good defense. Oregon State 31st in the country in total defense, 342.2 yards a game. That's second in the Pac-12. Florida's 103rd. Giving up 415.8 yards a game. So Oregon State giving up 342. Florida giving up 415. Scoring defense. They're also tied, or they're also at 31st, is Oregon State, just like they were in total defense. That 
translated to scoring defense. So 31st in the country there, 21.4 points a game. Florida's 90th, giving up 28.8. Rushing defense. We know Florida's going to want to come in, run this ball. Oregon State's got the 20th rushing defense in the country, giving up 138 yards a game. Go back to Florida, rushing the ball 213 yards a game. So Florida's offense, 213 rushing. Oregon State's defense, 138 giving up rushing. So something's got to give there. Looking at Florida's rush defense, 101st in the country, 176.2. And as you can tell from the stats, Oregon State's going to want to run the ball as well. They're rushing offense. Let's go back to that. 200 yards a game, basically. Florida's rushing defense giving up 176 a game. That's 101st in the country again. So Oregon State, we'll get into it later, may have some success running the ball. Passing defense for Oregon State, fourth in the country. Fourth in the country, only giving up 155.4 yards a game. So Florida with a quarterback change. From AR to Jack Miller will be going against the fourth pass defense in the country this season. Twelve games played for these teams out there. We got a pretty good indication of how these teams play the game of football this season. Oregon State, fourth in the country in pass defense. Welcome, Jack Miller. <laughs> and this is your first test. Florida, 86th in the country in pass defense, giving up 239.7. Turnover margin for as good as Oregon State's defense is. Not really banking on a whole lot of turnovers. They're minus one in turnover margin. Got 17 takeaways on the season. But Florida's plus eight in turnover margin. That's good for 16th in the country. Florida with 22 takeaways this season. That's good for 10th in the country. Now, where Oregon State is, pretty good in takeaways, interceptions. Tied for 29th in the country with 12. Florida's nine interceptions is tied for 71st. Both teams not giving up a lot of sacks. Oregon State basically one sack a game, only giving up 12 sacks allowed all year. Florida giving up 13 <laughs> this year. Osiris Torrance did not give up a sack. He's not playing in this game. So we'll see if that's a big difference for the Gators. But only 12 sacks given up by Oregon State all year long. Florida 13. So both teams protecting the quarterback. Quarterback's getting rid of the ball or... For Florida's case, with Anthony Richardson being able to escape. Oregon State, we'll get into this a little bit too in more detail, but look at this. Third in the country in opponent red zone percentage. Opponents are only scoring 76.5% of the time they're in the red zone. Florida's given up 84% as for comparison. That's 72nd in the country. Uh, let's just go a couple more right here. Oregon State, not a lot of havoc created on defense. I mean, look, their defense is good. It's just, they're a sound defense. They're not going to turn you over a whole lot, and they're not going to sack you a lot, and they're not going to attack you behind the line of scrimmage a lot. They're tied for 122nd in the country. With 16 sacks. 
1.3 a game. Florida, not much better. They get, do have 21 sacks this year. That's only tied for 97th. And then tackles for loss, 60 for Oregon State. That's tied for 98th in the country. Florida has seven more, 67. Tied for 71st in the country. So there's your stat look. Between Florida, Oregon State, as you can tell, the big takeaway, Florida, marginally better offense. Oregon State, a much better defense. We'll, so we'll, see how that, uh, we'll see how that matches up. Florida with a lot of change. Definitely at the quarterback position, of course. So this is the first ever game between the Gators and the Beavers. First ever game, first ever matchup between Florida and Oregon State. Uh, this will also be the first ever game. This first ever game between Florida and Oregon State will mark the first time Florida has faced two Pac-12 teams in the same season. You know, Florida played USC in, in the 80s, and that's always a popular game to go back to and watch and uh, relive some older Gator football. But this is the first time Florida's played two Pac-12 teams in the same season. So Florida bookending their season with Utah and Oregon State. Oregon State will be Florida's seventh opponent this season, ranked in the college football playoff final top 25. Seventh ranked opponent Florida has faced in the college football playoff final top 25. That's tied for most in the FBS. So we know this schedule has been very difficult for Florida this year, and that does not excuse uh, losses to Kentucky and Vanderbilt and you know, struggling versus USF. But it also, at the same time, it just did not give any wiggle room for some bad games for Florida. You know, bad games are going to happen a lot in, in, in the coach's first season, in most coaches' first season. Not a lot of wiggle room right here for the Gators. Tied for the most ranked opponents in the college football playoff. Not easy for Billy Napier in his first season. Uh, Oregon State head coach Jonathan Smith, uh, he was named the co-coach of the year in the Pac-12, joining Washington's Kalen DeBoer. Smith is the first Oregon State coach to be honored since Mike Riley in 2008. Helped the Gators that year. by beating USC on a Thursday night, if I remember correctly. Um, and let me go before we get into some specifics, uh, for Oregon state on offense and defense, Oregon state, you know, this is end of the year. So you start kind of being able to recognize them for the awards they won this year. Oregon state had 19 players recognized in the PAC 12's coaches voting, including five first teamers, which are the most for the Beavers since the 2009 team had seven. Oregon State's 19 selections are the most ever for the Beavers, surpassing the 2008-18. So it's the most since 2009, but the most ever since surpassing 2008-18. So 2008-2009, some good years there for Oregon State. And now they've gotten back on track a little bit. Uh, their first team selections is all-purpose, special teamer, Jack Coletto, 
Anthony Gold, running back Damian Martinez, linebacker Omar Spates, and defensive back Rajon Wright. Oregon State's five first-team selections tied USC for the most in the conference. Tied USC for most in the conference. Did Oregon State with these five first-team selections. And their 19 overall selections were the most in the league. You had USC and Utah playing in the Pac-12 championship game. Both those teams beat Oregon State, but, man, right behind them, right behind those two teams was Oregon State. We're putting players on the all-Pac-12 selection list. Uh, Going to Jack uh, Jack Coletto a bit more, he was named the Horning Award winner back on December 7th. Uh, and that's an award given annually to the most versatile player in college football, uh, becoming the first Beaver to earn the honor and first player from the Pac-12 since Christian McCaffrey in 2015. Coletto is the first FBS player to total at least 10 tackles, catch at least one pass, complete one pass, score one rushing touchdown since 2013. So at least 10 tackles. Catch at least one pass, complete one pass, score one rushing touchdown since 2013. First FBS player to do that. Defensively, Coletto has 23 tackles, one fumble recovery, and one forced fumble. Offensively, he's rushed for 86 yards and six touchdowns on 25 carries. He has completed two passes for 53 yards while totaling three receptions for 46 yards. So, they'll put him all over the field in different in different responsibilities. Offense, defense, special teams. That is Jack Coletto. You'll hear his name a good bit right there for Oregon State. All right, well, before we get to specifics for the Oregon State offense and defense, I'm going to bet this game. How are you feeling about this game? How are you feeling about bowl season? If you're feeling good, go to my bookie. And put yourself in winning position. It's about time you did that. About time you went to my bookie, put yourself in winning position when making those bets. My bookie has the biggest online selection of odds and contests to fill all your sports betting needs anytime, anywhere. Bet on the NFL as the season winds down. Playoff push for a whole bunch of teams out there. Bowl season starting up in college football. Plenty of games to bet on starting this week. Or play for a share of big cash prizes in the weekly blackjack tournaments. Sign up at MyBookie, use promo code GATERS on a deposit of $500 or more, and you can claim a bonus of up to $200. Again, that is promo code GATERS to claim a brand new deposit bonus. Designed for betters looking to get their cash in and cash out quick. Experience sports in a whole new light and make this season a winning one. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. You know the goosebumps you get when Florida takes the field? Or when that 63-yard Hail Mary actually works? Or the thrill of a game-winning interception in the end zone? What a rush. You can experience that same rush every day at your home with Shark Coatings. We'll cover your old, ugly concrete with a beautiful industrial concrete coating and a warranty that lasts longer than most careers in professional football. So whether your garage floor is for parking, partying, or working out, 
shark coatings can transform it. And if your pool deck is starting to look like a bulldog, old, cracked, and smells like pee, shark coatings can transform that too. Shark coatings is easy to clean, stain resistant, and is 100% antibacterial and antimicrobial. We're easy on the eyes and on the maintenance. Gator Nation is worldwide, and shark coatings is based right in the heart of it. So whether you live in Brunswick, Georgia, or Live Oak, Florida, down to Ocala, over to New Smyrna Beach, or anywhere in between, contact us for a free estimate today. Learn more at sharkfloorcoatings.com. That's sharkfloorcoatings.com. All right, here we are back on Gators Breakdown, taking a look at Oregon State and the matchup versus Florida right here. All right, quarterback Ben Golberson. Uh, he started the past seven games for Oregon State, and the signal caller has helped the Beavers to a 6-1 and one record over that stretch. Uh, going into the last game of the season versus Oregon, he had thrown just one interception uh, in 137 pass attempts over that stretch, passing for five touchdowns in that stretch before the last game of the season versus Oregon. He had also rushed for two of his own touchdowns, one apiece versus Cal and Arizona State, but wasn't great in the last game versus Oregon. Uh, he only went 6-13. He did throw two interceptions in that game. He only had one. Previously, as I said, one previously going into that game when he took over, but then two versus Oregon. He went six of 13, two interceptions, no touchdown passes, uh, only a long completion of 17 yards versus Oregon. Uh, he did have two touchdown runs. So, I mean, he doesn't do anything special here, um, but he had been taking care of the ball. Uh, up until that last game versus Oregon. So it's not like it's you know just because he did it in that game or if that's the game you watch because it's the, or the game's fresh on your mind because that was the last one and it was a really good game. I mean, I, I remember flipping over <laughs> and watching the end of that one. Uh, but you know, the stats were not going to let you on fire for that game and not really for the season either, but he did, he's not as bad as what he showed versus Oregon. I, I, I'll tell you that. So uh, that's not an indication of what he uh, did um, the rest of the season. Um, and his best game, actually, um, I mean, they're going, to rely, they're going to rely on the ground attack, just like Florida. They're, both teams are going to want to run the ball, let quarterback then make some plays based off of that. Uh, but his best game was actually his first start. Uh, his first start was versus Stanford, where he completed 71% of his passes. He went 20 of 28, 250 yards, two touchdowns in the air. Um, and then, you know, he had 28 attempts in that game. Uh, his attempts after that game, I went back and looked at it, 24, 22, 19, 23, 21, 13. Uh, so, you know, you're, you're not playing a team, you know, unless Florida somehow gets up big where he's going to pass. I mean, he didn't pass for more than 30 attempts all season. One more time, his first start was versus Stanford. And I'm going just when he started. Uh, his first start was versus Stanford, 28 attempts, then 24, 22, 19, 23, 21, 13. The name you got to watch out for for Oregon State and their offense, Damian Martinez. Uh, named the Pac-12's Offensive Freshman Player of the Year uh, from Texas. Rushed for 970 yards as a freshman during the regular season. He totaled 103 rushing yards in the win over Oregon to end the season. With that, surpassed 100 yards for the sixth consecutive game. The freshman coming in here and putting up 100 yards games. Six in a row to end the season. He's the first Beaver to do that since Steven Jackson, 2003. Martinez is looking to equal for the longest stretch in school history. And he's doing that as a freshman. 
Seven is the longest streak there at Oregon State, and he's looking to equal that versus Florida. He won Pac-12 Freshman of the Week three times this season. And here's one big concern going against Martinez here. Damian Martinez. The big concern. And per, per uh, pro football focus, 559 of Damian Martinez's 970 yards, that's 57.6. So 57.6% of his yards have come after contact. He's forced 39 missed tackles this season. Six foot, 216 pound freshman with, he's going to have this Gators defense in for a physical attack this game. So there's task number one for this Gators defense. <laughs> Stop Martinez. He's been on a tear lately, as, you, as I mentioned, going for his seventh straight 100 yard rushing game. So we did get to hear from, you know, on the Gator side of things, Jervon Dexter is playing in his last game as a Gator. Des Watson's played well as late. Uh, to go along with Powell Ryland coming on at the end of the year, Princely, Human Mielin playing better toward the end of the year. So while we're wondering who's playing for this Gator team, most of the defense line, it's intact. Could be a good thing or a bad thing, <laughs> as we've seen with this defense. Uh, there's been a you know a few bright spots here and there, but uh, this isn't necessarily a great matchup for new faces. So you do have that going for you. But as we said, you know these guys have struggled for a lot of the year. Toward the end of the year, we saw some better play, only for it to kind of revert back a bit in the last couple games of the season. Penalties becoming an issue. Tackling becoming an even bigger issue. But this is not a good matchup for new faces. So Florida's going to have some experience there. I do still hope and I expect to see more Chris McClellan as well. Uh, Looking at Florida's second level, of course, Derek Wingo, he'll be taking over for Ventrell Miller at linebacker. So Florida, of course, will miss that presence. Missed the first half of the FSU game. Made some plays early coming back there, but it wasn't much after the the early uh, plays. There from Ventrell Miller. Uh, but I, I was told uh, Wingo was playing pretty banged up versus FSU. I know he played that first half, and uh, we, we saw him play a little slow in that game. Possibly banged up from what I was hearing. So hopefully he's more healthy, ready to go. I'm assuming Amari Bernie plays as of this recording. I haven't heard. Um, I don't know when, if Florida's going to put out a depth chart for this game. Uh, but I didn't really feel like waiting. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and get this episode out for you. So it'd be kind of up to you to determine. I mean, Mario, Mario Bernie has made such an improvement this year. I'd like to see him go out there one more time in the last game of his Gator career. Um, I think Florida will need him. Uh, of course, in on so many turnovers this season. And I think a veteran presence right there beside Derek Wingo will probably go a long way. Um, so still waiting on that depth chart there. Maybe by the time you listen to this, you've already seen it. Uh, but, you know, we've we got to extend this. Uh, you know, Florida's defensive line, linebackers, extending that to Shamar James and Scooby Williams. They're going to play a lot, too, in this bowl game. They need to be ready to play some disciplined, physical football because that's what Oregon State's going to bring to the table. The Beavers, they're, they're a physical team. Don't let that quote-unquote Pac-12 reputation fool you. They are a physical team. And there's going to be plenty of chances for these linebackers to to fill the hole 
and make the tackle. Make the tackle and get in those cutback lanes. Play some disciplined football. We've seen Florida struggle so much with, with the angles, and, and that extends to safety play as well. You know, we'll, we'll see where Florida lines up back there as well, but Kamari, uh, Kamar Will Coxon on, on his way out, Donovan McMillan on his way out. Um, now, I, I'm not sure. You know, Billy Napier did say some of the transfers would probably still play in this game. As I said, we have not seen a list. I've not seen a depth chart. Um, so we'll see what that means for, you know, maybe even the safety position. But um, Rashad Torrance, I saw pics of him. He made the trip. We'll see if he's back there. Uh, but Kamari Wilson, of course, I think we can expect him to play some in this game for the Gators too. So, But we've seen it. You know, the safeties come up, make some terrible angles as well, making the tackling even harder. So even when in position to make a tackle, we saw it plenty. We saw it plenty on this game. Going back to the last game. Even when they're in position to make a tackle, cannot finish the play. And going back to Goldberton, the quarterback, I mean, thankfully, Goldberton doesn't have this capability of a, of a Hendon Hooker, a Jaden Daniels, a Jordan Travis. So if we get that pass rush that we've seen plenty of times this season, then if you get back there, finishing the play should be a bit easier, easier this time. I mean, it's not, it doesn't have the wiggle those guys uh, or the top-end speed those guys have uh, that, that, that goes that, those guys that I mentioned. So if Florida can get back there, create some pressure, create some havoc, they should be able to finish the play this time. Should be a bit easier in regards to bringing the quarterback down. So, with that said, you know, can the defensive front hold up enough to force Oregon State to pass? Then get the pass rush going that we've seen at times. Quarterback should be easier to bring down if you get it to him compared to some of the previous quarterbacks, the problematic quarterbacks that Florida's faced. If they get home, they got to finish the play. But it's all going to start stopping Martinez. Florida's coming off a game versus FSU with their run game. Had some big, explosive plays. Now playing a freshman running back that can put up some yards. Florida's got their hands full with this one. Let's take a look at the Oregon State defense. Uh, Oregon State, of course, as I mentioned, is 6-1 in their last seven games, and they've held opponents to 121 points. That's an average of 17.3 points. And 331 yards per game over that stretch. Last seven games of the season, six and one, only giving up an average of 17.3 points per game and 331 yards per game. Both marks are best in the Pac 12 in that stretch. So, look, you got to look at it. This new look Florida offense. Got their hands full. And it may be, may be tough to get off to a good start and get the ground game going. Because in this same stretch, Oregon State went 6-1. and one. They held opponents to 14 first quarter points over the last seven games. Only two touchdowns given up in the last seven games in the first quarter. So if Florida scores early, you know that's a feat. Because they don't give up first quarter points in the last half of the season. 
Additionally, the Beaver defense has held opponents to 86.1 yards on the ground per game. In that same stretch, that's seventh fewest nationally. So the last seven games, they've since they've made that quarterback switch, you know, their defense has played really well at the same time. Teams are averaging 3.3 yards per rush in the last seven games versus Oregon State. They have found a groove these last seven games. 3.3 yards per rush. Overall, the Oregon State defense ranks second in the Pac-12, allowing an average of 342.3. So let me go back. Let me go and compare. Yeah. So 342 for the year, but 331 in the last seven games. The Beavers have held 10 of their 12 opponents to less than 400 yards this season. So is there a benchmark you're putting on Florida and how many yards they get to have? Now, this is not an explosive offense for Oregon State by any means either. So, you know, 400 yards, if they hold Florida less than 400, okay, they probably got a good chance. But if Florida gets, I think, around that 400 mark, that could be enough to win. Oregon State is second in the Pac-12 in scoring defense, allowing an average of 21.4 yards per game. And only one point separates the Beavers from Utah, the number one scoring defense in the Pac-12. Um, and just speaking of conference play, Oregon State's defense led the Pac-12 in fewest points allowed during conference play. With 198 allowed. Now, Utah was second with 198 allowed. But Oregon State, better than that. I didn't get that number there, huh? There we go. No, we know it was a little... No, it was less than 198. <laughs> uh, let's see. Oregon State, uh, let's see. A few more stats here before we kind of get into the matchup. Uh, because of the rushing, of course, that we know Florida is going to probably have to lean on this game. Oregon State's allowing 114 rush yards per game, second in the Pac-12, 12th nationally. Only 114 rush yards. They've held an opponent under 100 yards rushing four times this season. I mean, that'd be a feather in their cap if they can... Hold Florida under 100 yards. The Beavers led the Pac-12 in fewest carries of 10 or more yards by an opponent with 46. Led the Pac-12 in fewest carries of 10 or more yards by an opponent with 46. And uh, the Beavers' 6 of 20 or more yards is second in the conference. Only seven teams nationally have allowed six or fewer 20 or more yard runs. Oregon State is one of them. And let's go to the pass defense. Positive outlook there, too. <laughs> for this defense, as you heard me say earlier, for what, fourth in the country? In pass defense, ranked first in the Pac-12 and 11th nationally with 60 pass, 69 passes defended. So physical with the defensive back. 69 passes defended this season. 
how they did that. 57 passes broken up to go along with the 12 interceptions. So fourth overall in total defense and playing an aggressive style in the back end. Uh, the one player I think to look out for, linebacker Omar Spates. Season high 13 tackles over Oregon. That total gave him 302 for his Oregon State career. Ninth player in school history to reach that plateau. 302 tackles ranked ninth in Oregon State history. He's totaled five or more tackles in 33 of his 44 career games played. He's totaled five or more tackles in 33 of his 44 career games played. All Pac-12 selection. That's linebacker Omar Spates. Uh, and one more to kind of go to it. Uh, I mentioned it earlier, kind of teased it. Their red zone defense. Told you I had more there. They ranked third in the nation in red zone defense. 67 and a half, 67 and a half percent success rate. 27 of 40. Only Georgia at 60.7 and Middle Tennessee at 67.3 have been better in the red zone than Oregon State. Georgia and Middle Tennessee. So the question for me, and this Gator offense going against this Oregon State defense, and I think it's all, the question we'll all have is, can Florida just line up and run it? And it, Oregon State's been good at stopping the run. Not as good as the pass, but okay. No Osiris Torch for the Gators. Remember that. Richard Garage is going to play in his last game in orange and blue. So the offensive line mostly intact, but... Remember, Osiris Torrance missed the LSU game. So I wanted to go back and look at that. Look deeper into that one. Remember, he was out with a knee injury that game. And besides Anthony Richardson's long touchdown run, there wasn't a whole lot in the run game. Even with Montreal Johnson and Trevor Etienne, those guys were mostly held in check. Now, Montreal, a respectable 4.4 yards per carry. 13 carries, 57 yards. He had two touchdowns, but... One, remember, it was that 39-yard toss play. So that means the rest of his runs went for 12 carries, 18 yards. We saw much better than that from him most of the season. ETN had eight carries for 28 yards, one touchdown. His longest run was nine yards versus LSU. So lining, you know, lining up and running it with Torrance would be in question, too. I mean, Oregon State's defense is good, but it's even more so now that he's not playing. And the last time he didn't play, now I'm not going to put that all, you know, on him not being LSU good. Um, and now, you know, Florida's kind of been more prepared for it this time. Josiah Torrance went through the pregame warm-ups, just did not play that game. He was announced as the starter pregame in that LSU game. Uh, so, but now, you know, Florida's known he's not going to play in this one. Florida's lining up against a pretty good run defense. But the last time out, with no Osiris Torrance, Florida running game with the running backs, not as great as we've seen it. 
So with Anthony Richardson out and his potential for explosives in the run game from the quarterback position, that's pretty much gone. Even more could be on Jack Miller at quarterback. I mean, if Oregon State stuffs to run, how much does the staff trust Miller to take over the offense through the air against this good pass defense? I mean, good news for Florida, Xavier Henderson, Dequavion Frazier's will be back to give him more outlets compared to the FSU game. I've been hearing Caleb Douglas has been having really good practices. You know, but is Jack Miller ready? I mean, that's, that's the biggest question of the whole game. It may, and it may not matter if Florida gets the ground game going, but more than likely, it's going gonna, it's gonna to rear its head. He's going to have to make some plays. And, of course, the first step that we all, not, not all, but most of us want to see, is can he just hit some of the safe passes? That was an issue for Anthony Richardson. He's not going to just take off and run like AR and, and then end up in the end zone 60 yards later. But can he find Trevor Etienne? Can he find Montreal Johnson in the flat? Let them try to be the guy that goes takes that short pass 60 yards? Can the middle of the field be used more with accurate passes, you know, 8, 15 yards down the field? I can see maybe near Jack Miller and Ricky Pearsall being a nice combo in this game. And we've seen through two spring practices, one at Ohio State, one with Florida. There's not a lot of downfield with Miller. He's throwing the guys, you know, pretty much stopped. Their faces toward him, not throwing guys open on the run, guys in stride. And he's done okay with a conservative approach. Had some issues in the red zone in Florida's spring game, but that's pretty safe. Nothing stands out. How much has he grown? He's been, remember, he's been, he's been injured most of this season. And Billy Napier said he was only really able to throw a few weeks ago. So Oregon State, of course, they're going to be ready to stop the Florida, Florida run game and put the game on Jack Miller's shoulders. Maybe the Florida run game can get it going anyway. And like I said, it won't matter. You make the game easier for your quarterback. But I think we'll see, you know, if, if Jack Miller, you know, how, how much he fits in this offense and if he can take advantage at least, you know, receiver, you get some guys back, and I think there'll be some favorable matchups in, in, in as regard as how Oregon State will play this and a lot of one-on-one matchups. Can his receivers win their battles? Can Jack Miller hit them? Uh, one more just out there. Punt returner Anthony Gold leads the country with 18... Point fifty seven yards per punt return with two return for touchdowns. Seen special teams kind of rear its head for Florida, not in a good way many times this season. Maybe not necessarily in punt return, but they're going against a pretty good one here. The nation's leader in punt return yardage. Basically 18.6 yards per punt return for Anthony Gold. So, just keep that one in the back of your mind. (laughs) All right, so prediction time here for the last time this season. Billy Napier's first season here, and I don't think it ends on a good note. Uh, There for the Gators, just so many moving parts, so many moving pieces here for the Gators. 
big transfer portal exodus. We don't know who Wall is going to play. We know some who's going to play. Some of the guys who were some injury concerns, especially at the wide receiver position, coming back and playing in this one. Uh, Jervon Dexter, Richard Garage, NFL. Declared for the NFL. And now they're going to play in this game. So, you know, glad to see those guys go out there one more time. But, you know, mindset of this team, um, so many guys hitting the portal. Um, Got 27-20. Oregon State here with this one. Just so, I just just got so many questions. And, you know, of course, it starts at quarterback for Florida. Anthony Richardson, now Jack Miller. I mean, Florida gets the run game going. Look, I got them losing by a touchdown. Um, So, I mean, I think they'll be in the game. I think the Florida ground game can keep it close. You know, and Florida may not not have to stress it. Um, And, you know, if they can keep it close and then Florida can keep and stick with the ground game if the defense is playing well, then I think they will. They won't put the game too much on Jack Miller's shoulders. But I'm interested to see him and how he responds at the quarterback position. Can he hit those safe throws and maybe some big plays happen just because he's getting the ball in the receiver's hands? We'll see. But going against that pass defense has proven throughout this year that they can play pretty good ball, pretty sound defense overall. I think Florida won't be able to just kind of line up and run the ball like we've seen at times this season, especially with Osiris Torrance out. So 27-20, Oregon State is my prediction, and that's cool. Sting to see 6-7 and seven as a final record for Florida. Hopefully not. Hopefully it, it, it's 7-6. and six. But in the grand scheme of things, this doesn't matter a whole lot record-wise, momentum-wise for the program. Of course, you, win, you want to win at every game you play. But this is not going to have any effect on Billy Napier. 27-20 Oregon State. That is the final score prediction for the final game of the season in Las Vegas. So, all right, that'll do it for this episode of Gators Breakdown. I'm your host, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. Guys and girls out there, thank you for listening to this episode of Gators Breakdown.